Welcome to Co-op Mode, Round 88. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, from beautiful Savage, Minnesota. Joined by Mark Carabin, the man from the Atlantic coast, who apparently is blowing it up with corn cobs on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the stupidest dad joke I ever made that I put no effort in. I was literally sitting here last night and I had watched the uh, the Book of Boba Fett behind the scenes thing. I just finished it, and uh, and for some reason, and yet, well, yesterday we had steak and corn too. So I think I like I had corn on the mind, and I made a stupid corn on the cob Vanth joke on Twitter, and it blew up more than anything on Twitter has ever done for me. <laughs> so it's like, hey, I hope like ten percent of these people listen to the shows, or something comes from by a lightsaber. I don't know. Like just it's uh it's ridiculous. People like dumb stuff on the internet. I, you know, whatever works. If I made you laugh or smile and cool. Um, corn, corn on the cob vamp. Mark, I will say this. If anybody was ever, you know, really thinking about this, um, your wife gets to share you on the internet and, I don't know if she's doing it to say, look what I'm dealing with or look what the prize I have. <laughs> it's really how you will. It's, it's more, it's a support network for her. It's, oh, it's, okay. uh, yeah. If I, if I, if I say dumb things on the internet, that's hopefully one less stupid thing that I have to bug her about. Cause I can chuckle and be like, Hey, look, corn on the cob Vanth. And she'll just, you know, have to go to the eye doctor from the repetitive stress of eye rolling. But if I share that on the internet instead, then everyone else can roll their eyes and she has a break. So it's, it's nice. Validation it's really too, in a way. way. It's yeah. like, see, people like me. <laughs> sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, when we're, you're not on Twitter following all the memes, you are on Twitter following a man who is our guest this week. He is the bright light that guides the internet and makes people realize gaming is about having fun and having a good time. And that is a good friend that I go really far back with. That's Mr. Edward Varnell from Boss Rust Gaming Network. Oh my goodness. Ed, how long have we known each other? It's got to be we have about years? Yes, about five. No, about seven years. Yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, back from our nurse gone broke days. Oh, wow. I remember the first time I met you, and I'm like, this Edward cat is crazy. Like, <laughs> and it's been just fun watching everything come along, and you and Corey, and you know, we had Corey on a couple of weeks ago, and so glad to see you, and awesome to see what you guys are doing on the interwebs. But you know what, Ed? Um, this is going to be... I feel like I'm outnumbered, and so I put the Nintendo background on for me in this podcast just so I can feel like I'm part of the Nintendo group because definitely Ed is big on Nintendo. The Nintendo Pow Block podcast is really his heart and soul. He does solo projects as well. Um, just a really good dude. So if you want to check that out at the end, obviously it's the show and we'll tell you where he's found, but this is going to be a lot of fun. So we always, when we have guests on the show, we used to, used to give their background. We said, you know what? The best way to get to know people is get to understand their taste in games. And we do that with buy, rent, return. This week it's co-op mode, co-op mode. We are going deep and I picked these, Mark, Mark's like, okay, you went a little rogue, Todd. I thought you had a stroke. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you sent me this game list and I was like, oh, 
Todd's just having wacky pills today because these games have nothing in common. And then you cleared it up for me and it made sense. And I'm sure I'm, I'm hoping you'll explain to the people or maybe you'll just do the same thing and you just drop these three games and let people decide if you're crazy or not. But I, I completely thought you were off the deep end. I thought the house hunting just melted your little brain and that was it. Well, when you're playing a uh, hotel guest simulator and doing a bad <laughs> job at it. <laughs> instead, of, what I did this instead of playing hotel Mario. Man, I could have used some fire fire flowers this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. oh, we'll yeah. get into this. Yes, there is a method to my madness, Mark. So I this is Byron Return, but it's with a co-op theme. So I picked Byron Return games with co-op in mind. So I picked a various different styles of co-op, going back to like the originator of co-op, which is arcade games. And that is the first guest uh, game we're going to talk about is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade cabinet, which for for joysticks, you play all the turtles. That is really kind of where the the madness came from when it came to those, uh, you know, uh, Konami cabinets, like X-Men, things like that. Co-op, quarter, come in, have a good time with four of your buddies. Sea of Thieves. Now, this is another co-op game where you need co-op to survive against other players. You have a ship, you have shipmates, you're the captain. You probably could get mutinied because you're a bad captain. So you gotta be good and play well with others. So that's part of co-op. So we picked Sea of Thieves and that was kind of Luke Lore even put out a, a, a point. He said there should be PVE in Th- Sea of Thieves, which I would like totally agreed. But Sea of Thieves is primarily a co-op but against other players, which is a different way of doing co-op. It's that the different mode. Uh, and then lastly, Destiny 2, which has PvP and PvE elements as well. With four of your buddies, you can go and take on the campaign. You can do it solo, which is kind of the whole point of like the different ways of doing co-op. So with those choices, Team NT Arcade, Sea of Thieves, and Destiny 2, where would you stand? We start with Ed. So with these three games, would you buy, rent, return these games? Oh, this is very easy. I've seen this list and I'm like, oh, I already know this answer. I'm buying Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcades. I'm renting CFDs and I'm returning Destiny 2 or Destiny. Corey is hurt. Corey is hurt. And I would I would tell you why. I so I of course am a retro player and I've grew up playing a lot of Konami games, definitely a lot of their like double dribble, uh Contra, uh course turtles and some of their other license in uh very own games. And I have gotten used to that co-op game. It's always fun playing with somebody with that. With Sea of Thieves, it is a good co-op game, but it's a game from Rare, and they're not too good at co-op games. I have played some of their old games like RC Program and uh, Donkey Kong uh, Country and stuff, and they're Battletoads. Battletoads. Oh, goodness. Battletoads is a nightmare of a game, uh, but I have played all of those, and they're good, but like something about them is just... Something about Sea of Thieves, I'm just like... It's fun, but I think it puts me to sleep when I play with other people with that game. I have actually fallen, I have fallen asleep playing Sea of Thieves with uh, Corey and my friend Jesse, and they dumped my body off the ship and I died. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think it. I think it's just like okay. I understand what this game is, but 
I, I think it just wasn't... It, it's interesting what they did with it, but I think I'm like, I really want some swashbuckling adventure. And I feel like I didn't get that with um, Sea of Thieves. Good game, but it, I think it's just a rental to me. You know, everybody was so hyped for seeing it, and then it came out, people played it on Game Pass, I went to Target, and I brought my brother with my $60, and it was just like, oh, okay. I actually bought their... Uh, a pirate mug for Sea of Thieves. It literally had grog in it. Well, alcohol in it. Uh, and we were drinking and playing the game. And I was just like, okay, I get what it is. It could be better. There should be more. Um, but yeah. Played now, it recently? I haven't played it recently. I know there's some free content and there's some DLC and they got the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. Um, I was just going to say, the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff really added... A bit of that like pirates, goonies, swashbuckling mm-hmm. kind of adventure stuff that I was like similarly saying like this game was lacking. So like you should jump back in. It's it's uh it's worthwhile to like see what's new. And they're doing like uh stories, so it's like three weeks or two weeks stretches or something like that now that it's like when that's done, it's done. So like you gotta jump in and experience this story and then it's peace out. So uh, yeah, and then it's all- one so it, they're, they're doing some stuff that i think they're like listening to people like you and and that i've noticed that they've been missing too so yeah and i, I give it to rare that they've been really supporting this game with content because it was literally bare bones when it came out and i think that's what kind of lost me i'm just like you guys had a lot of time to develop this game and it just still feel like it's in beta version um and that and we'll probably get to that when we get to our main conversation. Um, but like Destiny, Destiny is, and Corey knows how I feel about Destiny. So you Destiny players, I'm sorry, but Destiny is a washing machine game. It literally is a rinse and repeat. And no matter if I'm playing with myself or with co-op, it's the same kind of it's it's the same kind of boring tripe design of doing the same thing over and over. There's nothing that's very entertaining or nothing in the gameplay changes up. You know, I, I enjoy I I enjoy for what it is. I like the shooting. I like the guns that they offer. Um but it sometimes I feel like when I was playing Destiny One, I felt like the Malay the Malay stuff was better than the actual gameplay of the guns. And then when I played Destiny Two, which was a bigger improvement, I still felt like that I'm just doing the same thing over and over. And if I had another player with me, we're not changing anything up. We're not we're not offered different kind of gameplay ideas. You use a super, I use a super because we're different classes. That's the only difference. And it's just like this, I got to do this for 30 plus hours of, you know, you know, just to get a gun or get experience or pass a story and stuff. I'm like, this is a little bit too redundant. And so I, I feel like, if I what I wanted this, I guess what I wanted this game Destiny to be is that yeah, you can have gunplay, but I want some Devil May Cry action. I want to be able to someone be like, okay, I'm gonna treat this like Razor or Sim City and really build some stuff. Like I want, I wanted the gameplay to really switch up in here in this, and it never felt that way. It felt like I start a mission, I get to an area, I shoot some baddies, continue 
continue the mission, get to the last part that I'm locked out of. If I die, I got to kind of redo everything, rest and repeat over and over again. Even if I fly to a different thing, it was like rest and repeat. And I was just like, I, I'd rather play Metroid Prime than, than play Destiny. Like, definitely a looter shooter. Yeah, it's definitely a <laughs> looter shooter. If that's not your game, it's going to be like the gameplay doesn't really change up unless you get to like the raids where there's some really mm-hmm. unique gameplay. But to get into there, to your point, Ed, you are it's your life. So I totally mm-hmm. get that. So you kind of hurt both Mark and I's soul. Um, so we <laughs> and Sean Nias is boycott the podcast at this point because he loves us too. But you know what? Hey, you know what? Totally get it. Makes sense. Good picks though. I like I like your 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 throw. <laughs> Just and and I will say I I pay day one prices for Sea of Thieves and Destiny. And I will tell you, out of Destiny, I really love Destiny too. I I really okay. do love Destiny too. You're the first person that's ever said I want a Destiny to be more like Act Razor, though. So you've you've definitely <laughs> set the bar there, Ed. So we'll go to Mark and we'll get Mark's uh, opinions on these games because I think he has he's going to have some interesting opinions because he he's probably likes all three. I do. I really like all three of these for very, very different reasons. And uh, I'm trying to think of these as as co-op experiences first rather than the games that I specifically want to play maybe solo. And that may change some of this. Like that's kind of changing how I answer this too a little bit. But maybe, I don't know, maybe not. Um, so I need to, uh, yeah, I need to think about because I, I think I have them locked in. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to go with the first thing that comes into my mind, which is buying Sea of Thieves uh, because of basically what I said with with while Ed was talking, which is it's, they're constantly expanding, they're constantly working on new things, whether it's adventures or story more, you know, more, more story driven content or whatever, or it's just fun to jump in with a crew with that multiplayer crew, whether it's one extra person or a full kind of galleon, you know, big ship full of people. And uh, some of my favorite stuff in Sea of Thieves is teaming up with other ships. Uh, So if you find that bully on the high seas, it's just wreaking havoc they're wrecking everyone they're a big ship and they're going after the tiny little galleon that just wants to go fishing it's like you know what i'm gonna make an armada and the three of us are going to take you down and that's that's what's going to happen so i i like going into sea of thieves and being like the i don't know the the gentleman pirate for anyone that's watching our flag means death hey a good Uh, wage mark it's, yeah, yeah. Pay pay my people a good wage and uh, bring a little bit of Blackbeard to it, but also just kind of be nice, you know. Like and you look good looking, along the way. Let's uh, let's let's do this and light those guys on fire. Um, but I love Sea of Thieves. That 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 game brought me back to the Xbox ecosystem. Um, I love I love my pirates. If you can see my big pirate bottle of rum like behind me, there. nice <laughs> like a wax top to it and stuff. Um. Yeah, so I, I love my pirate stuff and uh, Sea of Thieves. I've been playing since the Xbox One days when it brought me back, like I said, to to Xbox from from PlayStation Land that I was trying for a little bit. Uh, so I think I'm going to keep that because of how much they expand. The next one, I'm going to disappoint some people as well because I'm going to rent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Arcade because I had so much fun with that game. It reminds me of my brother and friends and like my cousins and stuff, we'd all go to our really shitty mall arcade 
that didn't like have much selection, but Ninja Turtles was one of those games and uh, it was, it's such a great game, but the reason I'm, I'm renting it is because unlike sea of thieves, that game's finished. You know, you can beat it. You can, and they're done there. There's no hopefully, expansions. Hopefully I, I have some time to really beat it and some quarters to put into it. And I can, I can, you know, put some time into that, uh, that game and really get as much out of it from the, my rental period that I can, but it is a finite kind of experience where sea of thieves is a little bit more open. So that's, that's tilting, which one I went with there. Cause that was, that was a hard choice. Uh, sadly destiny two is getting left behind in my return pile with the caveat that I loved destiny one and destiny two. I bought the PlayStation, the white PlayStation when destiny came out. <gasps> I am so jealous that PlayStation yeah, destiny. Uh, oh, it is. I did a top 10 console exclusive and I think that became my number. I think that was my number two or number one. Um, it, oh, that that one is beautiful. It's so nice, and then that's that's the PlayStation Four that I bought. So uh, that Destiny holds a very special. I mean, I like playing with with like such a like the crews that I met. Like Todd, I know you you go way back in Destiny. I think we played a little bit back in the day. Um, I was part of a Destiny clan. I like love Destiny, but. Destiny right now is different than Destiny when it launched. And I feel right now for me to jump back into Destiny is just like Todd said, you need that time commitment. You need to be, if you're in Destiny, you are in Destiny. Like that is it. And uh, we're kind of right now for most of my multiplayer fix, I'm either in Sea of Thieves or Fortnite. And that's kind of my that's kind of my running and gunning fix is Fortnite now and and Destiny kind of got left by the wayside. So right now, multiplayer wise, I just don't have the time or energy to put into raids. Like if I can play an hour worth of Fortnite a couple of times a week, I'm happy and consider that a good night that I don't get you know interrupted by a, a crying baby or, or something going on. So. Um, yeah, like a five, six hour destiny raid is like not in the cards. So sadly, destiny right now is a return for my life and lifestyle and the amount of crazy content that is in that game that I'd need to catch up on. So I love destiny, but um, it's one of those like, ah, yes, great memories. No, thanks. Uh, (laughs) Getting back with an X or something that like, yeah, we had a mutual good split, but like, uh uh-uh dodged a bullet there so yeah it's so funny with destiny titanfall 2 ruined destiny for me because of how fast it played and destiny 2 just felt like ooh, this is 32x quality (laughs) enjoyment titanfall 2 the gunplay and the fast movement and jumping around i'm like this is what I wish Destiny was. Well, it's, that's that's Call of Duty then, because yeah, the respawn crew is Call of Duty, <laughs> so that's 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 definitely a different True. feel, right? Versus well, Bungie the, was Halo. Yeah. I'm loving the the new running and vaulting mechanics in Fortnite. Like, if you haven't played like 
no build mode and stuff like mm-hmm. they added this sprint and like running jumping vaulting and stuff that's giving it a little bit more speed like titanfall it's it's kind of cool but yeah titanfall so good uh um, oh yeah anyway they're my choices that's, todd but, but you can play uh what is it uh what's their what's their on uh, online uh apex legends Apex Legend, there you go, so that you can get more of that that Titanfall feel. Very, very cool. Uh, So I'll just give a couple from the community really quick. So uh, it was funny. So Charlie's co-host, Peter, uh, who's in the Discord from Code47, uh, Mm -hmm. after we cleared up what we were looking for, (laughs) he gave me uh, Buy Destiny 2, Rent Sea of Thieves. And this is the funny part, because he must be younger or something, because he said, uh, return TMNT Arcade because I know nothing and can find little about this. So I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> okay, I get it. Maybe it was just he was not hanging on arcades and, and hustling back in the day. I mean, uh, there is the Ninja Turtle, co- like there is the Ninja Turtle collection that's coming out, so you had yeah, to the see Kyle the trigger. Yeah, so you can yeah. play that, or you can buy the uh, what is it the the stand up arcade machines they sell now. That one's really mm-hmm. cool, and like five hundred yeah. bucks. And my my mm-hmm. comic book store has one. It's really cool, uh, very neat, but very very tiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> then uh, famous has a couple of those cabinets now. Yeah, they those keep are cool. like every time I go for a new like they, they keep adding a new cabinet. And uh I have another tattoo booked in a couple of weeks, but it's at a different shop. So I'm like, I really hope this chick has arcade games. Well I asked. That's my requirement. <laughs> That's I don't care what you are like, yeah. I can play uh what's it called? Burger uh dash Burger or whatever time. it was called. Burger anyway, time. yeah. Yeah. Burger time. Burger dash. Like, yeah, I got super on that <laughs> Is that one. like the Canadian version mark? Is that what they called it? Burger Dash. Yeah. Oh Burger well dash. Um, so famous Seamus said buy team and T arcade rent destiny two and return sea of thieves. So it's interesting. We're getting a little bit of a mix here. Everybody's got a little bit of diversity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll wrap this up really quickly. I'm going to buy destiny two because it's the game I've been playing since 2014. My son still plays it. He likes to play. I like to play with him. Uh, cause he plays on Xbox. I play PlayStation has cross play cross save everything they've they it's it's the most forward-thinking online game in the world because there's no barriers you play how Mm -hmm. you play first part's free to play on any console it's great um the uh let's see then i would go with um and it's just something a game that i just continue to go back to the gunplay is excellent it's great i don't keep up with it i don't raid but i play always play the single player missions and i'm always available to play with others if you need me and your crew and it's always fun to just play like a strike or something and just play with other people it's really cool drop in drop out co-op pve all those things um i would then um Rent TMNT Arcade because, to your point, Mark, it's kind of you once you've seen it, you've seen it, but it's very fun to play with others, and it's not something I continue to go back with, back to. But it's, so it's a rental. You you bring it back and you play it and you you put it away and put it back on the shelf. Um, and to that point, you'll pl- get to play in the Cowabunga collection, which is great. So you can buy the game if you want, but you get like eight other games to play with it. So it's much a much better value. Uh, then I'm going to return Sea of Thieves with a caveat, Mark. I'm returning it so one day to get it back. When they add a PVE mode, I enjoyed what I played, but I want a when I want a cooperative online game like that, I want to be able to play my own. And I feel like it's not a game you can really play on your own because you're going to get sabotaged and you're going to lose a lot. And that's what happened to me. Um, so I really love a PVE mode where you were really playing against PC. I didn't have to worry about bad actors taking my crap and I could play with others. And just like destiny, you could then find other people to play with as you want, but you didn't have to commit to playing fully on co-op because that's a big problem with co-op games online. You have to commit to it and you got to have time for it. So um, that's where I'm returning it for it to come back to me, Mark with a PVA. It's a great game. I like that. 
Yep. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great game. It's got a lot of promise for me, um, but I was hoping, yeah, for a dedicated like campaign mode, just single player having fun. And if I really wanted to get big into it, I would play with friends and get an armada, like you said, the tiniest mm. armada of two ships. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That is uh, Byron Return. That was a long uh, introspective on everybody's feelings and, and mm-hmm. I've made a couple enemies, I think, on the podcast now. So we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> We'll go dive into those choices, man. That's great. Exactly. Exactly. This is a lot. So we're going to do a really quick spin on what we've been playing. So Ed, we'll start with you. Uh, What we've been doing is kind of fun just to kind of do a round robin in the first game and we kind of do a blush there, get some impressions. So what have you been playing? What's your first game you've been playing? So the first game I've been playing is Graceful Explosion Machine. This is a uh, indie game on Switch. Oh, I I beat it in. So I did a transfer on my Switch, and I think because I, at that time it didn't have no cloud data or anything, um, my information didn't transfer transfer over. So I'm redoing everything from the beginning. It is so so good, very arcadey. And what it is is that you're the ship, and you kind of got to get these enemies down in different phases, uh, f- phrases. And the more uh, you shoot and you don't get hit, uh, your combo meter goes up. Um, and you're trying to get, like, straight A's, and, you know, you're progressing through it, and the game is more about getting a high score. Um, different weapons have different energy bars connected to them, so um, you have, like, your main little shooter, but it can't overheat, so you have to keep on switching over. Um, you have, like, homing missiles, a little sword shield thing that you can hit enemies and block uh and black shots, and then you have this big long beam kind of cannon, like it's almost like a sniper rifle in a sense. And it's just so good when you're literally in the flow of things. And if you want to listen to the music, that's fine. But you know, you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to other pop music or whatever your taste, and just literally get into the zone of flying, of hitting, and it's so good. It's 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 one of uh one of the best indie games for Nintendo when it uh the system launched. Uh and I just love playing it. I, I was just like, man, I haven't played this in a while and I'm back in the zone. So yeah, Graceful Explosion Machine. I looked awesome. at the artwork. It reminds me if like Among Us made a shooting game. Yeah, yeah, for some reason the artwork yeah. reminds me of very simple, very clean, almost like the gummy shooter from Kingdom Hearts. Just mm-hmm. very, mm-hmm. very, very simple, but very, yeah, very cool. That's that's neat. I like the. It's kind of like yeah, it's survival, lots of points and things like that. Kind of like the, uh, yeah. If, if you're interested, it's, check it out. Yeah, it's very it cool. Starts very off as like, yeah, it starts off as like you can get in the zone, kind of like I get out of this work, and it becomes a bullet hell kind of thing like mm-hmm. as you progress like it just gets so ridiculous i love that game it's so good yes very cool so mark we talked yep. a little bit about this game last week you've dug deeper i have yeah so uh nintendo switch sports uh last time i talked about how basically i had just played it with my wife and i we we played you know in the same room couch co-op although we were standing up and, and being active with this game and it was a great throwback to wii sports we really liked the uh you know the some of the new games and and revisiting old games i loved the flow of bowling 
uh, a lot more because you can kind of bowl at the same time and that kind of stuff. Uh, but last week I mentioned I had not tried the online mode, which is the main mode. The second the game starts up, it's like play online and unlock things. And that's kind of how you progress through the game is, is this online mode. So I've finally been jumping into that and it's been a very good experience. Um, save from one soccer match that for some reason someone dropped out and they didn't drop a bot in on my team. So it was four versus three and we still brought it to overtime and then lost sadly. Oh I no. I was so disappointed. I know. Cause I was like, if we had that fourth player, I really think we could have held it, but yeah, they, uh, they ended up rallying back and, and getting a, a point. But anyway, that was, um, Aside from that, like I have not had any matchmaking issues. I've not had a problem finding a game. You can kind of select just random and it just goes through and picks random games or whatever. Or you can pick one. If you only want to play bowling, you can focus on that. Or what I usually do, you can pick three games that you kind of want to play and it will pick the first of those three games that it can find a good match for you. So you're never really waiting like, you know, if you maybe if you continuously selected bowling, you might be waiting in a queue a little while, especially I think as the game gets older and less fewer and fewer people are playing it. But uh, right now, very snappy, quick matchmaking. If Splatoon's any indication, it should be the same kind of throughout, especially with that random mode or, you know, selecting multiple games. And uh, it's just been it's been really good, really fun. I like being able to. unlock different things one of the frustrating things um so there's like three cards full of things you can unlock Mm -hmm. you basically just pick your card and it's like you can unlock any one of these items and if you unlock the full card you get like a bonus item so one of them looks like a cat skunk person costume or something like that it's really weird but there's a hairstyle on that card that my wife saw and was like that's my hair and I was like, I'm going to get you that hair. Curly hair? Is it curly, like a curly hair? Yeah, it's like curly hair, okay. finally. It's like, it's, okay. it's her hair, basically. It's, it's like, Got it, okay. If you've seen a picture of my wife, it is her oh, yeah. hair. That is it. And so like her character right now is created and it's okay, but it's not her hair. It'd be like as soon as I can unlock a beard. Right now, my character kind of looks like me, just no beard. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like, point me in the direction of the beard thing so I can unlock that. But right now, I'm like, I'm gonna get you that hair. Do you think that that random little spinny majigger will land on that GD hair? No, it won't. I've unlocked almost everything else on that freaking sheet except that hair. So I'm gonna unlock. Like, I know that's gonna be the last thing, and it's gonna unlock the hair and the weird skunk person. I'm gonna be like, here's your hair. Get this game away from me. But for right now, <laughs> I'm having fun, just like chasing that that stupid thing. But that's what keeps bringing you back, right? You're like, I need to get that thing, and the cards are timed. So one of the cards is going away. I think at this point in two or three days, another card is going away a few days after that. And this new card with the the hair and the skunk thing, luckily I have a little bit of time until that one goes away, but it seems like the, I'll say shop rotates. I don't know if they'll ever come back or how often they come back. No idea how this game works or how the online kind of reward system works or whatever. So I may have missed the first card altogether by not playing the online mode and focusing on my wife's curly hair. But, um, that's what I'm doing. So it's, it's fun. It's uh, it's rewarding. 
one thing I don't get is uh, the, the points distribution. So in order to unlock a new item, you need to get 100 points, and then you unlock a new item on the card. Uh, some games, like I won a shutout match of tennis, like seven nothing or six nothing, whatever tennis goes up to, like they didn't touch me. They were, I was just like, bam, 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 eat it, let's go. And it like, I got zero bonus points for anything. It was just like, well, here's 30 points for playing a game. Thanks. Go to bowling, you get like two strikes in a row. It's giving you 30 points. You get like, you know, a spare. It's giving you like, an, you know, double the amount of points. So like you play one match of bowling and you can get like 100 points right in that one match. But you do like a shutout match of tennis and you get 30 and it's just like no bonus bonus points for you. No fancy whatever. So it's like it's not really incentivizing you to play all of the different games. It's kind of incentivizing you really to just keep playing bowling, That's which weird. sucks. Yeah, it's just a game that right. people always play. Yeah. So like I, I've, I've noticed that and, and, you know, luckily the little squirrel brain part of me is, has not been obsessed enough to just keep playing bowling and nothing else to unlock these stupid things. Cause I want to play all the games. So I have still been rotating through, but it's kind of frustrating when it lands on badminton or something. And it's just like, okay, well here's another slow game of badminton back and forth, back and forth. And I really like it, but it's, I know it's going to be 30 points. You don't get any extras for like, you know, a shutout in badminton or something like it's, it's really, they need to figure out the point distribution and they need to figure out the speed in soccer. I switch like playing that game after playing rocket league for so many years. Like I have is just like, okay, well here's a bunch of snails playing soccer with a giant ball. Cool. The run button makes them go at an almost leisurely pace. Like it's (laughs) shuffle. A shuffle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> shuffle is like watching your grandparents play soccer and like the normal speed is just, I'm going to go make some tea. I'm going to come back like when you're caught up to the ball. It's just, it's, it's really weird. They need to just ramp up the running speed tiny bit. The game would be is perfect. It, is it because we sports was so like all ages, don't worry about trick versus soccer, which is adds some more like, you actually have to go to the ball and do some different things. Is it, should they have like almost like a beginner and advanced mode? So like if the people want to play it slow and leisure, but to your point, Mark, it's like, I want a more advanced challenge. I want more speed. Like let's separate the player base. If no, it seems to me and you might be right, but to me, it seems like they made soccer for, so there's, there's two different ways. Is it pickleball Mark? No, there's, there's two ball? different ways you can play soccer. <laughs> One's on a smaller field with only sure. a couple of, like it can be one-on-one or sure. whatever, right? Yeah. And that's a small field. It's very reasonable mm-hmm. to have the dash and the speed that it's set at on that small field. Makes it very manageable. Make it very easy to keep in. When it's four-on-four, four, the field expands. Yeah. Then it becomes ridiculous. So, so you get a lot of nil-nil games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like pretty much all of my games have been like 2-1 or 0-1 yeah. or maybe 3. We, I, I think I might have hit three goals in one of the matches, but that's only because sometimes the ball becomes golden and is worth two points. So yeah. 
very, very low scoring soccer games. Uh, it's, but so I think they need to up the speed in just the large field version. They can sure. leave the small one as it is, but the, the, the default for online instead of like the default for couch co-op is a small field default for online is this massive field with four people and whatever. And it's, it's uh, slightly annoying, but that's basically like, you know, you, you're still getting the switch sports stuff. You're still like, if you played Wii sports, you kind of know what to expect, but the, I, I think the online is going to extend the life of this game. Oh. Uh, especially as you know, there's still some COVID scariness uh, going on that people might not want to gather in in big groups or in in houses and stuff so online kind of opens that up so it's it's nice I, i've been enjoying it and i'm going to keep keep with it to get my uh my wife's hair unlocked and a uh, weird skunk person nice everybody has yeah. goals mark everybody has goals. <laughs> well, i do have yours are you using the leg strap for soccer i have not tried that yet it's the okay. only mode i have not tried and have Got zero it. interest in yeah, because then you have to buy extras if everybody wants to use it. So that seems to be maybe more of a barrier of entry. Apparently, it's it's one at a time. So like oh, you, yeah. like it's the kickoff. So like I would go and use my little leg strap and time the shots and and do my little thing, and then I could take the leg strap off, give it to my wife. She could put it on, put her controller in, and then she could kick. Because that's that not. Sound like I've done that with Ring Fit, fit. and let me just play that. It's not that quick. So okay. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, strap it in. It's like oh, it's slipping off your leg. It's not. Oh mm, yeah, I right. think that's not. I think they're great. like I would, fifteen yeah. bucks on Amazon. I would just buy yeah, ten bucks, and then everybody has one on their leg, regardless if they use it or not. You know, so just it's like a garter. It's like the switch garter. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sexy. Uh, <laughs> they should call it that, Mark. They don't yeah. call me for marketing suggestions. Another missed opportunity. I know. Oh wow, I'm making the switch sexy. And they're just ashamed <laughs> of being sexy. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, moving on to me, uh, in the not-so-sexy game, that is Trek to Yomi. This is on uh, PlayStation and Xbox and PC currently. Uh, this was shown on the PlayStation event, and then it came to Game Pass on uh, Xbox. So take that PlayStation, play it for free. So um, I tried this game, and this game is very striking. You might have saw it. It's by Devolver Digital. It's a, basically a side-scrolling Ghost of Tsushima in a lot of ways. That's the best way to put it. Um, it feels like a uh, Kurosawa film, fully Japanese dialogue with subtitles, black and white, pretty. Um, I liked it, but it definitely is a more limited game, and the combat leaves a lot to be desired. It's okay. And... I was struggling with one boss because I couldn't get the parry combination just right. You can change the difficulty, and I did do that, but I'm like, storyline's okay, but it, it, for some people it's going to be awesome, especially if you don't own a PlayStation. This will probably be the closest you get to this type of experience. So I think it's a great entry-level game uh, for that type of experience. Very cool, and I was looking at it. Um, it's by Devolver Digital, but the developer is Flying Wild Hog and Menchari. This other person named Menchari, he, who was behind a game called The Eternal Castle, which is kind of a cool, weird game. But um, Flying Wild Hog has made um, another game I'm going to talk about, Shadow Warrior 3. They made Trek to Yomi, and they have uh, Evil West coming up. So I'm like, very different styles of gameplay. And, mm. so, and they're a Polish studio too. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, 
I think this is well worth checking out. It definitely isn't a game I may stick with because I've already played Ghost of Shaman. I think they nail it so well. The gameplay is so cool. I love it. Uh, but I think if you want to dip your toes in, it's definitely there, and I don't think it's a very expensive game to play it on other consoles. And I don't see why this couldn't be on Switch, to be honestly, because it's not like it's like a, not like a, uh, a technically demanding game. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe it is, and it could challenge a Switch. But I mean, put it 720p, 30 frames per second, I think it would be fine. And I, I think mean- it would be an option there as well a lot of reviews say that it's like only three hours like it's a really short game i um, can see that Ed. yeah i could definitely see it being short yeah uh, i think if it comes to switch people probably will buy it physically um maybe i mean i mean switch is doing so well digitally on all their, their i mean their their digital sales are so high and they have yeah. sales so i mean i could see them this could go to um uh you know uh, what is it Lim- um, limited run yeah, I could see it going there too. So it could definitely go there, and you know that's the first place. Get it on digital to see if it gets an audience. I mean, obviously, and then physical's another another do- double dip. So I think that could be a way to go. And I haven't I haven't heard anything about this being a physical release anywhere yet. So mm. that could be another option. Well, I think it, I think the weirdest thing was that when they announced this game, that yeah, it was coming to PlayStation, and just like you said, uh, that it came to Xbox Game Pass, um, people was wondering why it didn't come to Switch, because Digital Devolver's games normally hit Switch first before anybody, mm-hmm. and most of the sales that they get, it comes from Nintendo Switch. So it was kind of mm-hmm. weird that it, you know, PlayStation had this exclusive, um, which we kind of actually talked about. I think there's new exclusives now, and it's the marketing exclusive where could, yeah i don't know if there's any marketing though because it can't like i said a game to game pass day and day so i don't know if there's any type of uh deal there and it, the only thing i could think of this developer has not made any games on switch mm-hmm. so that could be they just aren't comfortable with the platform like they like i yeah. said they've they behind evil west which is a game coming out and they're also made shadow warrior 3 so uh, you know not every developer and not every developer said they like developing for switch or it's as easy as other people so it's, it's so kind I, of a mixed bag yeah. I, I do have a quote actually uh, from an oh, interview okay. with Gaming Bolt, the game director. I may murder this last name, uh, Marcin. K- Holy shit, that's a lot of consonants and what? Kurzepin? Polish, so. Kurzepin? I don't. Anyway, yeah. sorry, uh, Marcin. Uh, anyway, the, the game director said. Uh, and I quote, we don't exclude the possibility of there being a Switch version in the future. So. Sure. Nothing definitive, but at least that's directly from the developer saying basically kind of, you know, Todd, what you thought, like it might be, they might be more comfortable sure, doing the other platforms because they are a little bit more PC. Like you can kind of spec them up. You don't need to worry about the horsepower of those systems versus the switch. Like there seems to be a lot going on background particles, different effects, different Mm -hmm. things. You don't know a lot of these games that look simplistic have a lot of, I'll say baggage uh, that, that slows the switch down or that the switch isn't optimized for that. You'll see that a lot. Like this game's not, it doesn't look super impressive. Why is it slowing down my Xbox? Um, You know, and and indie developers, I'm not saying like it's, it's, it's something that they should just get rid of magically and move your magic wand and and make games because, you know, it's so easy. Uh, But it's one of those things that uh, with extra horsepower in the newer consoles, maybe they didn't have to worry about that. 
right? They didn't have to optimize it as much as they probably would have to for switch and like turn this effect off or turn that thing off or turn that whatever. Um, you know, so, so a switch seems like it's not out of the realm of possibility, but maybe they had to push it out first and get a little bit of money so they can keep developing and work on a switch version. And I know a lot of people weren't asking it for a switch. Um, the, the thing about it is just like at some people are used to when the devolve when devolver digital bring out a game or announce a game it's mostly nintendo uh, so so people just automatically think that it's just like wow this game is coming for playstation because the one of the fears for indie games on playstation and xbox is that sony and microsoft don't support indies like they used to back in the I day they, i think they do it's just the switch audience is so much more likely to buy games because mm-hmm. you don't have a service like you don't have a playstation plus on nintendo you have largely just nintendo games on that so i think yeah. um and xbox does a lot of indies day and date on game pass like yeah i mean so ultimately there may they may not make as much in nintendo because nintendo largely doesn't give you games like that for free so you gotta buy in full sort so and it's a smaller marketplace and when those stellar games showcase on switch they do really well yes um, it's because nintendo has a lot of noise on it but when the the big really good like games that are indies show up they they perform well so i, I think it's a mixed bag because i mean if anybody PlayStation 4 really, you know, Xbox 360 with arcade did great for indies. Yes. PlayStation 4 did great with indies. And then Nintendo said, hey, we'll do indies too because they're great for filling in the gaps. So I think everybody has a different perspective. And apparently Xbox is lagging the most on indies right now because it's harder to compete when you got Game Pass and it's the, right. all those games are free. And it kind of, it, so it's really a weird marketplace. And Nintendo's finally getting, or Sony's finally getting back to indies. So it's, it's a mixed bag. But I, I like to see more of these indies get the showcase like they did with Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo just had there. So uh, this one could come. The, the, the PC specs are really low. So I think this could come. So uh, once again, I think this deserves to be on as many platforms because not everybody gets to play Ghost of Tsushima. So that's that's what I would say. It's 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 a it's a fun game, um, and I think everybody should check it out. And it's I think it's well priced for the the entry point. So uh, we'll go from there. So Edge, Ed, so Ed, uh, sorry, one more game you've got, and then we'll uh, wrap this up with the last uh, picks. So the last one I've been playing is Tetra, T- Tetris Effect Connected on Switch. Thank you, Nintendo, for adding Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> I know everybody joke. I know everybody had their fun. But, man, Mizuguchi and his team did a phenomenal job with this soundtrack. I love Tetris. I've I've been loving Tetris ever since it came to the Game Boy, ever since it's been on PC, um, even in the arcade games. Like, I've, I've been a big fan of the Tetris. And now just playing it on Switch with uh with the music and stuff. Like and I played the demo on PS4. And I thought it was cool. Man, playing later levels of Tetris Effect connected, bopping my head to the songs, trying not to get distracted from the backgrounds. Man, it is just like Graceful Explosive Machine, addictive. I'm playing so I'm doing like the campaign and I would not stop playing until I finish all like it may be three or four levels i need to finish all four or three levels before i progress to the next part and i'm just loving everything that they have on it and i'm kind of mad because it doesn't have a sound like a soundtrack mode where you could just listen to the music is everything i want that so bad because man the game has bangers 
literally oh, yeah. bangers. And I put, I got these uh Sony headphones, great quality. And I just like do do click get two four line line, and it's just like it's so good. And I love the diversity of music that they do. Uh, like sometimes you got house music, house music with religious chanting or you might have a jazz effect with like uh rap hip hop beats and it's it's so good on how Mr. Gucci and his team mix it up. So yeah, Church's Effect connected. If you I know people have it on game on Xbox. If you have it on PlayStation or PC, that's great. Literally it, I feel like it's at home on the Switch. I've yeah, that's on really- Xbox. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. With the with the whale, yeah. and it goes through. Yeah, yes. yeah. And yeah. apparently, it's the best way to play this game. Though is VR. They said I was just going to say. So I just saw. I just saw that in uh, in the Quest Two store um, just oh, like nice. this past weekend, and I I didn't buy it, but I I, I told my wife um, not not that I've done this for a few years, but like I'd love to get some electric lettuce and experience that game in VR because I think that'd be a trip. <laughs> Yes, um, but that's Very nice work. <laughs> that's it. I, you know, not that I'm condoning or not condoning anything. Do what you do. First time I've heard I that term. That be, uh, so <laughs> that would be an experience and a half. And I, I, I gotta give Muzuguchi props because he is a good person about music. Um, people don't know he did Space Channel Five. Um, and if you know the Luminary series, that's where he, that's the stuff that he's did. Right. Um, yeah. Rest. Yeah. Uh, rest. Yeah. Made a suit you wear to play res. And he made a vibrator to play res. So. Yes. <laughs> that was bunkers for Xbox players with that. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot, but yeah, very, very cool. Just, yeah, definitely somebody who is big and pioneer into music games. And, you know, and he did uh, what Luminous as well. That was one mm-hmm. of his joints. So, yeah, def- definitely puzzle gaming. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So, Mark. Yeah. I saw this thing it was on sale again and it was gone. <laughs> I was lucky. So I really haven't been playing too much else other than uh, this, this stuff I always talk about Fortnite, Ragnarok. I've been still rocking out with Ragnarok and trying to uh, close my, my exercise rings on my watch, uh, which has been going pretty well. I'm, I'm happy with the progress. But the other thing I want to talk about is I finally got an N64 controller from Nintendo for my Switch. Super excited. It's about three. I just got a shipping update. Hold on. Uh, I think it's three days away from arriving at my house. Yes, it is. So um, very excited. Can't wait to actually play the N64 games. I want you to play it by the, 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 the handles, Mark, the real handles, not the play by this. I, I just want you to hold it by the tripod when you play. <laughs> hold <laughs> it by the tripod. The way that God intended you to hold those controllers, controllers in the honest way. Hold it like by you're the tripod. A, like you're, you're milking a cow. <laughs> Yeah, a three. Sadly, sadly, I wasn't able to get one because I was at work and they just sold out quick. I'm like, oh. yeah, it was instantly. Yeah, it was very, very quick. And I, I, I just I saw the a notification going up on Twitter. Which earlier we were talking about why don't I shut my Twitter notifications off? This is why because I got the N64 controller the second that they went up, and uh, I'm very happy. Very nice. Very nice. Nice. Cool. The way God intended you to play those Nintendo Switch Online games. Exactly. With uh, that folks. third arm that bursts forth from your chest so you can grab Absolutely. off some tripod legs. <laughs> Only way. It's a murder weapon. Or whatever the hell you just said. 
Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. tripod of power. Uh, <laughs> like the Triforce. <laughs> the tripod. Uh, yes, there we is go. What are they called? Mini-Me and Austin Powers? Yeah, pretty much. No, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, what is it? Uh, the Holy the Holy Trinity. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, folks. This is a sacrilegious uh, podcast. It's so delicious. Oh, what well. else have you been um, playing, Todd? Yeah, to, to transverse uh, to something different, uh, Shadow Warrior 3. This is the game that got me off of uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which a game I felt like I thought it was really unlike, and then I realized, Ted's point, wash, rinse, repeat. That game, I feel like it just, I felt like I was just repeating the same thing, killing tons of enemies. There was a little bit of clever dialogue, and then I'm like, I'm going to get more weapons that I look at, and I'm like, are they really that good? And it just felt like a lot of work to really enjoy the game. So there's, I know people love it and great, but I just felt like Borderlands just in a series. I've only liked one out of the four, five games they've had. So maybe it's just not for mm. me. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay with that. So I moved on to something fun that I've really enjoyed, which was just a very dedicated first person shooter game with a, uh, that's kind of goofy, like Duke Nukem, but I've never played a shadow warrior game. And this is essentially a, tongue-in-cheek shooter first-person shooter with some melee combat um and it was also one of the first playstation now like day and day games so i'm like cool i'll try it out it's really cool shadow warrior 3 is fun it was like and i'm coming late to the party so i did not get i mean i feel like i missed out on what happened in the last two games apparently you failed and you're kind of like getting yourself ready to re redeem yourself and it's just a fun like first person shooter like a doom or a quake or whatever and you get some cool power-ups you get some cool weapons and melee is a big part of it and that's about it but it's 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 really pretty and it's fun you get like a tethering device you can tether and traverse and do things like that and i'm at a point where it's like very difficult but i just need to 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 buck up and get better and i can get through it so but it's it's very goofy and fun and the enemies are crazy looking and um, yeah, I just like it. It's a, it's a very straightforward game, just kind of what I needed because I'm ready for some new games coming out. Uh, like the quarry is coming out that I'm excited for. I do want to play switch sports. Um, I'm excited to play Ash, uh, or the evil dead game that's coming out too. So yeah, some people, I, some people been enjoying that evil dead game. I don't know if it's like out or it's like a demo something that's out. It's out now. Yeah, it's out now. It's, out. it's similar okay. to like a, it's almost it's similar. It's by the team who made the the, the Friday Thirteenth game, and so essentially, it's ah, okay, uh, and you're taking on the demons or vice versa, and it's fun. And I I love the Evil Dead game, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's this is just Shadow Warrior Three is just kind of holding me over, and I will see where that takes me until I get something I'm really excited about. But um, if you haven't noticed, there's a lot of like dry spells coming out, except for one specific publisher. And I think that's a good point to transition into the news story. So when it comes to games this fall, the schedules look a little lighter than we intended uh, because we've seen, seen, we've seen a lot of games delayed that had release dates for this fall. So Starfield and Redfall were both delayed. Starfield is Bethesda. Uh, Redfall is another Bethesda studio game. Uh, both were supposed to come out this uh, summer and fall respectively, and now are pushed to 2023 without a confirmed actual date except the year. Um, and it was funny because last E3 timeframe at the game, game uh, the Xbox Game Show, 
Starfield said we're coming out 11-11-2022. And now they're not. And Redfall was supposed to be coming out summer. And these were the two headlining games that uh, essentially made their showcase. And this is what we're expecting mm-hmm. to see. Apparently the showcase that's coming up, they'll still show gameplay, which is good. Because I think that's important to show what they've accomplished and getting people excited about the game. But this kind of led me to a thought on that. Um, release dates. We've got folks that can do release dates and nail them, and, and but unfortunately, the majority of games these days never hit the original release date. They get pushed out. So I, I was curious about that because last fall, one of the best surprises of the Nintendo show was Metroid Dread. Announced, we didn't even know this game was coming out. Announced in June, mm-hmm. released in October. So essentially, that game was done. When they announced it, it was done, and they said, we'll just take the time to market and launch, and no surprises, and everyone loved the game, and it's probably the best-performing Metroid game of all time. Uh, a comparison to Fallout 4, also announced in June, released in November. The way Bethesda said, and everybody said, we should do the Bethesda model. Um, Microsoft, uh, you know, we, we also last year, oh, was it was at 2020, we had Last of Us 2, announced had its date and then it was said oh delayed indefinitely and then came out three months later which is weird so i I guess in this thought i mean it's going to be a shame because xbox that was kind of the only games we know of that had release dates for xbox this fall nothing is actually xbox has no games in 2022 now from a first party perspective so that's disappointing because they had such a huge at the end of the year last year with halo and forza horizon um PlayStation has no games confirmed for this fall. But you know who's got a lot of games confirmed for this summer and fall? Nintendo. Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't play games. The only change we got was we got a flip-flop with with Splatoon and Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which was just weird, just I'm assuming that, but that's fine. But they're they're locked, they're locked and loaded. They have not missed their release dates largely except for Zelda. But Zelda's never made their release date. So it's like that's kind of like you put it out, it changes. So what do you think? I mean, who does it right? Who does it wrong? And ultimately, these days with social media, everyone's engaged. The audience is there. Is there a point to putting a release date over a year away when ultimately does it even matter? Because if you announce it now, are we going to remember that in the, the mix of everything the game's coming out? Does it really drive anything except for when it's delayed, people get pissed? So what's, what's our own thoughts about a delay? I can answer this first. <laughs> Let me get into it. Everybody hold on to your horses and your Kit Kat bars. So Nintendo does it right and everybody else does it wrong. And I'm going to tell you why. Nintendo does it right because they actually show gameplay. And when they're ready to announce an official date or everything, they'll still drop some gameplay that you haven't seen in any of their trailers. Yes, Zelda did get pushed back to 2023, but we've seen new, fo- new footage. No Every gameplay, t- no gameplay, Ed. No gameplay yes. with Metroid Prime Four. Yes, either. But yes, but with Metroid Prime Four being moved, they also said they got moved into a new building. So they knew that they had nothing ready to show for it. And they were getting more of that new talent from a lot of Western developers and everything. So, but they still haven't confirmed anything because they were just like, you know what? Yes, we would love to say, uh, we would love for Metroid Prime 4 to show you guys, but 
it's right now it's still being developed we don't got nothing ready for you guys when we're ready to show you we'll show you this is the problem that happened with redfall and starfield you show us flashy cutscenes about the game and then say yep we're ready to go we still to this very day don't know what that game is going to be when uh when that game has been marketed we haven't seen no gameplay we haven't seen no ideas all we got is a nice some nice good music and some nice cutscenes like some nice actions but what are we really going to be playing when we take a hell a hold of that controller what are we really going to get? And they continually do this. Hellblade has Hellblade 2 has been in development for so long. Only thing I know is you fought a giant in this Unreal Engine 5. And I still don't know what I'm going to be getting with that game. And we kind of had this discussion on Nintendo Power Block about we know what we could plan for the fall for Nintendo and the winter. We all and we got like, you know, uh Bayonetta 3. We got um Mario Strikers. Uh shoot, we still got Avest Wars cuz that got pushed, but that got pushed for a good reason. And we know what we're getting with that stuff. Um and so I feel like Nintendo does it right when at least we get an idea of what we're going to get to. What I can't do anything. I can't do anything or fathom anything what Microsoft or Sony is going to do when they don't, when they only just show me cutscenes. You know, I want to see what you guys are going to make my purchase of your next year system really do with your first party games. I want to, I want to get into the worlds that you say that I was promised I was going to explore with some actual gameplay. I see more cutscenes than I have seen of gameplay. So when these, when they release these dates, I to for us we don't trust them because we haven't seen anything. You know, and Cyberpunk has been a big factor in it. Cyberpunk hurt release day announcements. You know, so it's right on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I I was just going to say, I remember when uh, when when Starfield like they they did that big ballsy announcement in the trailer. And the only thing people were taking away from that, it wasn't like the game looks great whatever blah 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 like oh how is how is this like those questions came later the first question every single place news outlet every interview that you read the first thing they asked do you actually think you can hit that release date (laughs) exactly like anyone that was interviewed was just like yeah yeah we're pretty confident we put it in the trailer and like obviously that has come back to bite them in the ass but like 14 months right i mean is that that yeah essentially right, later like that, yeah. there's calling your shots and then there's like why why i feel i feel like if you can't show gameplay in your first trailer or your second trailer and you give us a release date i'm not trusting it i'm not believing that you can even if you can't even if you can't even give me a little gameplay section but could promise say that we could hit a release date i don't believe you because you weren't even able to hit me with some gameplay ideas or some actual gameplay for your game you wasn't you and your team put more into lighting a butt than you have into lighting a fight that I want to, that I'll be actually be getting to play. You know, 
don't give me the flash. Give me what I'm going to be getting when I give you my no cash. No flash, show me the cash. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and Mark, I mean, you think about it. I was looking at Nintendo's release schedule. I mean, I can just give it to you right now. I mean, it's Mario Strikers, June 10th. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hope, July, uh, June 24th. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, July 29th. Splatoon 3, September 9th. Uh, Winter... Is it really winter? We Pokemon doesn't have an actual date. So we're Pokemon, thinking, uh, yeah, Scarlet we're, and Violet, but there's been no gameplay. We did get a quirky, quirky like hotel thing that was kind of neat. And then Bayonetta is 2022, and then we've got spring. There we go. So really, we've got nothing past past September with an actual date. So that's smart mm-hmm. because they've got their E3 or whatever we're gonna call it coming up, where they can firm all that stuff up. So that's fine. I like that approach because it's ultimately. We'll, we'll tell you when it's ready and you'll buy it when it's ready versus mm-hmm. getting your hopes up and it's like, oh, it's going away. I think Nintendo has learned a lot of, up from that with um, Bayonetta and also Metroid Prime. And uh, I, I, I don't know if Zelda ever really had a true release date. I think they said 2022, but they never yeah, committed they, to a date, right? No they, they, no, they stuck the year on there. That was about it. Yes. But, um, yeah, and then, and then came out and delayed that. But I mean... And I think that I think that was really cool for a, when Zelda now gets delayed, Anuma comes out and apologizes and saying why they delayed. And I think that's why we appreciate more with Nintendo because that actual director came out, made uh made that apology, um, and really said that hey, we ha- sorry to everybody that we had to delay this, but you know we're still cleaning stuff up, and there was a little bit of some new ideas that they want to add to this game. When it will come out, it's coming out next year. At least he was man enough to do that. Um, a lot of developers, I think, if Bethesda them would have came out and just made just a quick uh a quick video and show some gameplay i think people will be excited be like oh that's cool we're gonna get the we're gonna get the gameplay Ed. Yeah. we're gonna see that at their show they committed to that once they delayed it they said we're gonna show you gameplay to show you where we're at so that's that's important but I and mean, I, we don't need somebody to sit there and bow and say it's coming <laughs> later because nintendo did that because that's nintendo's way they're like oh it's never because Zelda, unfortunately, they commit to a date and it always gets delayed. So it's, Nintendo, all we can say is, Nintendo, why even put a date out? Just say when it's ready. Stop doing yeah. that even. So it's kind of just yeah. silly because they even show like right. all they've shown us is like essentially 33 seconds and they add an extra mm-hmm. three seconds. And so let's not put Nintendo too high to say they've shown us gameplay. They've shown us a bit and they they and Nintendo's a rap fan, fans are mm-hmm. like that's that's like three hours to Nintendo fans because they well, yeah. and look at it. So but, you know, we've had like got a war had actual gameplay cinematics and things like that. But we still don't know. They said 2022. And I wouldn't be surprised if that game gets delayed, too, because of the world we live in. So, um, but Mark, uh, from your end, you know, I know you were saying it's kind of like, it's good to have a target. Um, do you feel it's good to have a target or do you think internal targets are important, but why share those with the public? And that's where I think it's like being on a team. It's good to have important internal targets, but I always think like, why share anything with the public until you're ready to show it? Because the public is an horrible, ugly mess, right? 
So I, for me, I don't get too hung up. There's so much to play. There's always going to be stuff to play. If they didn't release a single zero, like if no companies released a single game this fall, like Nintendo comes out in June and they're like, hey, we know it's like our usual E3 time. Here's our showcase. Guess what? We got nothing coming out in June. We're not even getting Pokemon. That's being pushed back. Just suck it up, people. Nothing's being released this fall. Uh, like, if every single company did that, I would still have like 70 years of backlog shit to go through. <laughs> like, I'm not worried about the games that I'm going to have to play. Uh, but I like I get people being upset and, and whatever. But um, I'm wondering if there's something that we haven't mentioned yet on this. And that is a lot of these companies or all of these companies, I think that we've spoken about so far, have shareholders to uh, answer to. And that could make a bigger decision than internal, uh, goals or dates, you know, as far as like, you know, like, Hey team, we're setting this as our goal date. And that like, that could have a little bit of, of it, but also like, you know, pre-orders and getting fans. Like I have, I don't think that has as much of a like pressure or as like a, I don't think that puts as much of a point on these release dates as like the shareholders waiting and saying like, okay, we want some Q3 results. What's going to bring us home uh, for the fall? And like, what's going to lead into Q4 to bring this year and make us the most money as shareholders possible. And like all these companies have to be like, oh shit. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Redfall is going to release and then Starfield's going to release. And then this is going to release. Like I think those like I think these companies like they have to put those out and I like I, I honestly believe that that Bethesda meant it when they said they thought that Starfield and I think they're like to Ed's point with Nintendo like coming out like the higher ups coming out uh, and apologizing I, they didn't do a video for this one not that I saw but the tweets that I read from Phil Spencer from the Bethesda team everyone seems sincere. They seem to want to get these games out and they seem like these delays are heartbreaking to them just as they are to us. So it's, it's tough to, to hate on anyone. I think, you know, to, stuff happens. I, I even in, like I, I work in the audio industry and, and I know like I have, I, you know, get people calling and messaging and stuff and saying like, Hey, where's my vehicle? I ordered it months ago. My brother's one of those people his new Maverick is supposed to arrive uh, in uh, three days. And I had to tell him today, I got together with my brother and we, we had pizza after, after work. And uh, he was like, any update? And I was like, yep. Probably don't expect that for another couple of weeks. And yeah. he's been waiting months. Yeah. Like, well, this is, this is months. I, I know one of the things that with Microsoft has been there's been more talk of acquisitions than talks of games that you're planning to release, mm -hmm. and that's a problem. And I I know that we're I know they they're trying to get all of these games, but you have almost fifty plus some developers. Your new system has is going into what maybe what two years? It's about to hit two years or two or three years or something in November, and you really haven't delivered past maybe seven games exclusively for Series X. Of course, you got Xbox One. So it's just like you are put investing all of this money in all of these developers and there's no return on anything. 
because you don't have any gains for your sisters. So these delays are hurting your chance of people looking forward to your system because you're more happy that you acquire Activision, but you're not putting anything out from that. So how can you, so kind of like, how can you have this, how can you have this envision that people want to experience these new games and, you know, they want to have these new worlds and they have no, you guys don't have no new worlds ready to give us. And I think that's kind of the problem with it, that you're, you're marketing what people should be looking forward to, but they can't look forward to anything because you haven't put anything forth for people to look out for. You know, it's you, an interesting yeah. situation to your point, Ed. Uh, Microsoft went from like five internal studios that were doing games they knew, and they've grown mm. to 23. That's a hard group to manage, I mean, to go from there. Nintendo is largely not expanded, so they mm-hmm. know that they're the, they're the oldest game. N- Nintendo has, is, is, for people to compare other pe- company to Nintendo is, is, is kind of silly. Nintendo's been around the longest, so ultimately yes. Nintendo doesn't get to make the mistakes that everybody else does because they've been around longest. So if Nintendo makes those mistakes, that's just them being dumb, um, but I like think- putting things out there in advance. But I would say with Microsoft, um, they just are struggling because they want to be accommodating. They want to be uh, the studio, the, the company you want to go to because we're not going to compromise your values, and we want to make a good environment. And so mm-hmm. that's where I would go back to to Mark, and this would be a challenge to say to Bethesda, if you want to make no grind, you want to make, don't do the thing, don't put release dates out until the game is done. Because what does that do? It just says, that puts pressure on your team. It makes your team feel bad that you didn't hit that date, that Microsoft now has to pull, pull it back. And if you put something out with your stake, your your uh, your your, um, uh, your stockholders, now you're saying, by the way, all those gains you got from it you're gonna lose so it's like a zero-sum game it all it ultimately comes down to i think we just got to get out of this mindset of putting release dates before the game is ready because if we did that what does it buy you it does it gets a little bit of excitement because but people forget about a game for if nothing's coming out no game starfields had no gameplay so all you, what did it buy them it's coming <laughs> yeah I, I think you mentioned before like that uh, what's it called? Cyberpunk kind of wrecked, uh, you know, releases and 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 pre-release or whatever, you know, trailers and and uh, release dates and, and and how games were released. And I really think that was a big pivotal shift in the industry, and came at a time with pandemic and delays anyway, and chip shortages and all this wacky stuff that's going on right now, and a literal war that's happening in the world, and. Uh, you know, so a, a lot of this stuff is, is unprecedented, but I think a big turning point was cyberpunk because for how many years have we experienced this? Uh, you know, we, we, we're just going to ship the game when it ships and then we'll release the patches and like yes. games are, have been so broken for so long. Mm-hmm. And we've just kind of, we kind of accepted it because on the 360 PS3 era, it was like, oh, wow, we can actually patch games. This is cool. And they started doing that. And then the Xbox One PS4 era, like that was the norm. It was just like internet speeds are faster. Hard drives are bigger. We will release this game as it is when we feel like it. And then we'll just patch it. And it, like a game might not be completed or whatever, or like even ready for like six months past when it's in a store. And for some reason, 
the world all at once said no to the to cyberpunk when they tried to pull that same shit that's been pulled for years and i think it made a lot of other studios say oh we can't do that and and to ed's point where with microsoft acquiring so many studios a lot of these studios that they acquire like had announced these games or announced mm-hmm. these release dates or whatever and microsoft acquires them it's like nah shut it down guys like we're not <laughs> we're not releasing a half-baked game we're not releasing like something and then a bunch of patches like this is to me microsoft may be trying to be a little bit more nintendo but to todd's point like there's so much going on that it's it's hard to like pull it pull it all down but like to me this is some steps in the right direction of like no more crunch we're getting Mm -hmm. good games released when they're supposed to be released this is other developers learning from the nintendo model they're tripping along the way they're stumbling but baby steps we're getting there and i think all of this is, is is good stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, and don't forget that Nintendo have did games like Box Boy, where there's shorter experience while mm-hmm. people wait for these longer experience. And I think where Microsoft, they have so many companies, you can get Obsidian to do some a small, short, five, six hour um, game that they could probably develop in eight or nine months. And it could be fun while you're waiting for their next game. They have enough studios that they could balance. Everything doesn't have to be big everything doesn't have to be triple a or anything you can vary the experience because people want the games they want something to play on your console and if they don't have nothing to play on their console they're gonna go elsewhere yes game pass is a great service for people who like that but they're not gonna think about game pass because there's not gonna be nothing on it from you as a first party developer with all of these now mind you cyberpunk was supposed to release around the uh two days before hyrule warrior age of calamity and everybody clowned age of calamity because they was looking for to I cyberpunk i still do claim because it's, <laughs> but, it's a muso with a lot of craziness a, yes. not a good game yes it's okay and 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 that, and that literally is okay i'm fine with that opinion but look at the turnaround about that age of calamity I, even though we didn't sell as much as as cyberpunk it was the talk of a town. It was getting people to be like, oh, I really enjoyed this game. It's complete. I'm having fun with it. And it was supposed to get destroyed by Cyberpunk. It's a little different of a comparison. <laughs> yes. That is a yes. simple, formulaic game. <laughs> Cyberpunk is a huge game with a lot of variables yes. online. It's a, it's a little bit different. Nintendo yes. games can do that because they're more self-contained. They don't have the variables. They don't break because but, there's online gameplay. So Nintendo has a different focus on it because yes. they don't have to worry about, like, all the variables and launching on multiple systems and yes. things like that, where Xbox games now have to be on PC, have to be streaming. So Nintendo is largely on one system and they can focus. PlayStation's going the opposite way and they're they're going to do PC. PC. PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a, it's a little different. I mean, it's, it's a different <laughs> comparison. So I, Nintendo largely is working off of hardware that's seven years old, well-known. They don't have to worry about bleeding <laughs> edge. They, they, they are, they're set. And they, essentially, they took resources and games that they were going to develop on multiple systems. And now they can mm-hmm. do that. So Nintendo gear, ba- definitely benefited from a largely 
bad Wii U performance, 3DS that was dying off. So they were able to put all the resources against one console for the first time. So they benefited where they had games in the pipe and they could do that. I would mm-hmm. say where um, and, and Nintendo and PlayStation with always going forward on bleeding edge technology, it's a different experience. So I give them a little bit more leisure to say you're trying new things and trying to bridge the hardware. So, but mm-hmm. we've, I, I think the, 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 we want games to come out. We want them to play. And Nintendo is the best suited game uh, uh, developer this fall that's going to dominate because they're going to have the most games that you can get on their consoles. They've got the biggest install base now. And it's, it's, a, big, it's a big win for them. So that's and, a good deal. And yeah. to give everybody heads up, we're just talking about first party. We're not talking about 80s and third. We're literally just talking about first parties. Call of Duty um, is still going to come out this fall. It'll it'll be bigger than any Nintendo game this year. So ultimately, Nintendo doesn't have that game. And in Call of Duty, when we talk about release dates, Call mm-hmm. of Duty has still not even announced a damn game yet, and it'll be out this fall. So if anybody does it, great. Call of Duty does because they deliver every year with the biggest game of the year, and they wipe everybody out. So, you know? It, but it's so weird with Call of Duty because even with Cold War, Cold War Vanguard, they came out. They so I'm still seeing videos of people finding stuff in Breath of the Wild, <laughs> and this I've seen stuff on Splatoon. Because I'm it's seeing... Nintendo fans left. People are only playing Breath of the Wild on that system. And, and, Nintendo fans are a different group. They're a different yes. group. And they will play Breath of the Wild for five years, six years, seven years. <laughs> yes. and everybody else moves on. So there and, you and, go. And yeah. it's just, and I guess it's just, uh, and yes, everybody know I'm a big Nintendo fan. That's that's nothing. Yes. That's nothing new. But I, but I'm I have a Series X. I look forward to what Microsoft is producing, and I look forward to being able to go to the store and buy. I. I that's that's just me. That's not the way that I like to support it. But I really want Microsoft to I, I want Microsoft to be like, don't be flashy with these cutscenes. Just show me some gameplay and give me some hope or idea of what you're going to lead forward with. Because when you do I think when you do that, that gives uh for just for content creators and besides gamers for content creators that give us a lot to talk about that that gives us something what could we predict that give us something that we could go off to be like i like the new idea that they're implementing in this thing so i that's what i just want to see before you know you give me a release date yeah, uh, I think it's a good time to wrap up the whole release date because I yes. think we all have different thoughts on it and we're not going to convince anybody, but we want developers not to stress, make the best they, game they can get, and we just want to look forward to the cool stuff. So um, it'll it'll be interesting. We've got like literally a month away and we are going to get Xbox probably having surprises of games that have come out. Nintendo still hasn't committed to any type of summer or PlayStation has. So it'll be interesting right. to see where we're gonna what games we're gonna play because it's pretty lean except for Nintendo. Uh, I, find, from I find that interesting that the the just the way the conversation goes. Like you you kind of detailed aside from Pokemon, we don't really know a lot past like summer for Nintendo. But <laughs> people seem to think like, oh yeah, Nintendo has a ton of stuff in the pipeline for the fall. But like Xbox and PlayStation, do but like E three time, you know, is is coming up, and Xbox could have some whether it's smaller games like Battletoads or uh, a new a new Forza Goldeneye. game that they're mm-hmm. 
they're doing or GoldenEye remake or even re-release, whatever. Uh, there are some stuff that like they could just come out with little experiences. Maybe it's not Starfield. Maybe it's not uh, a big kind of thing, but like there are, there are things and, and Sony could do the same thing right right now. Sony is seemingly focused on you know, the, the PlayStation now stuff and, and moving on to a bigger and better subscription model for next year. But like, that's kind of where their news focus is right now. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny, like just the way that the conversation is skewed that way. And we really don't know that much for Nintendo either, but we assume that Nintendo is the one that's going to like, benefit this fall and the others are like oh, everything's pushed back and they're dead so, so I, it's, I i think it, i think it's because of the nintendo directs and they any worlds we know what's coming out because nintendo been talking microsoft and sony has been quiet for too long and I that's know, worrying people. sony had lots of lights of same plays um xbox hasn't um they didn't mm-hmm. have their indie case Nintendo had their indie showcase which largely was okay but it didn't blow the roofs off and nintendo did deliver their 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 what's coming and sony yeah. is said i mean if god of war drops this fall guess what that is probably gonna be the, that in elden ring will be the games of the year and that mm-hmm. will make nintendo look like okay we had switch sports and this and pokemon so don't don't uh, negate the fact that sony's been doing this <laughs> Just as long and it almost, you know, just 10 years less than Nintendo. And they can deliver game of the years and, every yeah, year. So. They, they can. But you once again, you got to start talking. Because that's what people I are don't concerned wanna, I don't think they want to. They don't want to guarantee anything because they don't want to get have a last of us. Oh, two and they get don't. Delayed. Yeah. They, they don't have they've to got, They said 2022. Yeah, they've got, they said 2022. And, and I think Xbox has something in its back pocket. Well, a lot I, of people hope I, it has a lot of something in exactly. sport. Yeah. I think yeah. they, they might, or with a, I've heard Gears of War potentially, they could get something there, or they could have a, a Halo collection or something like that that could make very many people happy. So I, I'm we'll excited. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what it goes from there. So, Mark, where do you want to go next? Do you want to take us out? That kind of morphed into bonus round territory. I we, thought it, so, it, yeah. Yeah, we... Um, we we did talk a little bit about co-op gaming though at the start. Uh, totally totally up to you, Todd. I, I I've got some time if you want to extend this, or I'm good uh, calling it there and, and calling that our bonus round. That was that was a really good discussion. So I'm I'm happy with where this. Okay, so maybe we just do a very quick round, quick round sure. of co-op. So uh, very quickly, we're going to go to a quick bonus round about co-op because we said we would do it. So we might as well get to it. So uh, co-op gaming, where it's at, where it's currently going to be. So what would you recommend the best of co-op on a console? So we'll go from here and we'll say everybody, you know, we have Switch, we have Xbox, and we have PlayStation. Largely does co-op pretty well. So uh, we'll go with... uh, Ed, of course, Switch with co-op games. Three games you recommend that do co-op really well. Mark, Xbox games you would recommend that do co-op really well. I'll do PlayStation games that do co-op really well, local or online. Okay. So, uh, for me, I'm going, of course, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is great for co-op on Switch. Um, 
so many people are still playing it around the world. Um, definitely with the new DLC that's coming out. Uh, people, it, there's just something about getting in and having fun playing Mario Kart with your friends. Yes, you can't really chat through the game and you got to use other means, but it's always funny and zany. And you really are surprised to see people's skill sets in that game. So uh, definitely Mario Kart DX, uh, Mario Kart 8 DX or Deluxe is definitely one of them. I would say one of the best co-op games on Switch. Excellent. Sure. Yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, this isn't Xbox specific, but since I play it on Xbox, um, I'm, I'm going to go here. Uh, and I'm just going to mention Fortnite. It's how I keep in touch with friends across a bunch of platforms. I happen to play it on my Xbox Series X. But one reason that I play Fortnite and that I continue to play Fortnite is because it's one of the best examples of cross-platform, cross-save, cross-progression, and just everyone kind of getting along. And Fortnite forced Sony into doing that in a lot of ways, which is awesome and, and pushing the the, I think platform forward and whatever uh and we just saw today fall guys live for everyone is is coming out in june i believe i can't remember the exact release date but um seeing that go the same way and of course epic owns uh, fall guys uh, just the same way they do Fortnite. so it's it's great to see another game being pushed in the same way that that it's going to be cross everything and i'll probably pick that up on uh well, on, on, on Xbox as well, and probably have it on my Switch for when I'm on the go. But uh, but that's I, I love that. That is that is my favorite kind of co-op where everyone can play along, and I can play with my nephew on Switch and my friends on PlayStation and, and Xbox, and uh, it's just good that way. But yeah, I, I, I like doing that because I can pick the controller that I want or the ecosystem that I want and still play uh, with everyone everywhere. My goodness, on PlayStation um, in the round robin, uh, I'm assuming everybody has two more that we'll go round mm-hmm. robin on? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, great. So I'm going to go with, um, and I don't even know how well you can play this anymore, but Guitar Hero 4, or sorry, Rock Band 4. Ooh, oh my choice. God. I had so much fun playing just Rock Band with friends. One mic, two guitars, two mics, one guitar. It's just so much fun locally. You can play online too, but th- I just really think, you know, those music games, uh, I don't know if I'll ever re- be able to like reinvent that experience again, but absolutely, if you've got guitars, you can still play. It's phenomenal. Mark, there's actually a VR air guitar game, and there's actually a VR, I, guitar, saw that. I think a rock band VR too, but, but at least air guitar, that's, 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 you know, chef's gifts so curious how that works they, they just updated that with more accurate uh yeah. finger and hand tracking yeah. so i'm really curious uh, i'd love to try a demo of that before i drop the money on it to see how accurate it because because hand controls on on quest 2 have been uh sketchy at best yeah. for me even just controlling menus and stuff so like mm-hmm. if i'm going on a guitar like even medium or hard mode i'm like i want my 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 tracking to be accurate yeah, so if they, we can ever get another like rock band or guitar hero, it would be great. But I still have my guitar, my mic on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. So uh, that's, and I think Xbox works as well, and Switch has nothing, unfortunately. But Xbox can also do a uh, rock band as well, because those 
things are all backwards compatible. So there we go. Rock Band. Yes. So, of course, Monster Hunter Rise or Switch. Man, taking down those monsters with four, with three other people is um oh with just different skill sets and the weapons and the, the, once again some of the comedy, but also cutting off those tails, seeing that monster lip off or like swatting your whole team, wiping them out sometimes. It's such such an amazing thing to do with friends. Um, and the Monster Hunter community. They are really cool and down to earth and very helpful uh, for people who are getting into the series. And Monster Hunter Rise, it's just fantastic whether you play it on Switch or PC. But definitely for Switch players, um, especially with Sunbreak uh, about to drop also soon, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is definitely one to, if you're looking for some good action multiplayer, definitely Monster Hunter Rise. It gets- and that's online only and ed just for people that are doing online only can you do like voice chat without the nintendo app and that's a big thing about how to do voice chat to do this stuff how do you do it on switch um so there is a way that you know for the directional pass you could like send messages and everything that way to it you don't it's it's not always online neither because it is a single player game also sure but if you're playing at co-op how do you play if you're playing with can you do online chat you can't do all things unless you know those people you guys are in on like skype or something you can't do no online chat Oh, uh, but you it. can't. That's a limitation on Switch. There's no native chat except mm. the app, which only supports so many games. So that is a limitation. Just let you know if you play on Switch, some games support chat nat- natively, like Fortnite. Um, mm. So that could be something that that I would hope Capcom would incorporate because that just seems like a barrier of entry when you're trying to kill a big base. You want to talk to your friends. So that's just <laughs> let everyone know if you play on Switch, the communication is a little bit iffy. Yes. Through all the time, so cool. But I heard people love Monster Hunter Rise. Very cool. So Mark, go from there. Mm-hmm. Since we already mentioned Sea of Thieves, I won't say that. But it's such a unique multiplayer game that I have to give it an honorable mention. Sure. Shout out. But I will mention something that uh, is not specific to Xbox, but is included in Game Pass. And if you'd love to not be friends with your friends anymore, or you want a very quick divorce, try Overcooked Two Couch mm-hmm. Co-op Online Co-op. It's fun. It's frustrating. I was playing it earlier today. Great game. I kind of want to ask you, Overcooked versus Super Mario U, like new Super Mario Bros. Wii, where you have oh, four players. Very different games, but uh, I, I prefer Super Mario Brothers for sure. Because they said uh, that game will make you lose more, <laughs> more friends. Yeah, it. it will absolutely make you... But like that's more of like a sabotaging, whereas like I find overcooked. You're trying it's to work together, have to be. Like yeah. Something usually happens where you're like, pass the tomatoes, <laughs> and the person passes you lettuce, and you're like, I hate you. So that's um that's that. You're burning the yeah thing. Um, uh, yeah, overcooked too. It's a fun game. It, it, it's it's well, everybody it's, can relate to cooking, right? So there you go. Yeah. It's a comedic game watching it. I love watching people play Overcooked because I end up laughing. <laughs> yeah, I should have picked Lego Star Wars. That that would have been a better choice of like getting along couch co-op. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> keep going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sabotage. Um, then I'll say it plays. It, it takes two. 
Uh, it's a new game. It's actually on PlayStation and Xbox. It's on Game Pass, actually. Um, and when you get the game, you get an ultimate... Uh, it's it's like the gift that keeps it giving. You get a code to bring someone else that doesn't have to own the game. And it's it's just a cool action platformer that is you have to play together to win. It's a holy cooperative, and it's really cool. I played with Chris from uh, 1H01D, and we had a great time, and I would love to do it again. On Xbox, it even works great because you can do it on the cloud gaming and play with somebody local. It's great. Uh, I would highly recommend that game. It's so much fun. It does deal with divorce if that's a touch point with anybody, but I think it's a great game that has awesome, cooperative, fun gameplay that you can play together so it takes two yes well my final game and i think this is probably number one and people who own the switch pretty much own this game um super mario 3d world plus bowser's fury if you want great level design and platforming. If you want a challenge, if you want to prove to people that Nintendo games are not just for kids and really showcase that you need to have some good video game skills, that is the one. Definitely when you're doing co-op, you know, it's you could do it for player co-op, uh, you know, in-house, or you could do it all online um, and pick your, your character of choice. Um, you know, if you're into cats, you got the cat suit. Um, if you like turn into a bee, you could do that. If you'd like to see like eight different Mario's all running together trying to solve puzzles, you can do that. It's it's some of and the music is fantastic. It's so good. Um, but it's like it looks very beautiful. Um, the original version was on Wii U, but they ported it over to Switch. We're at to add Bowser Fury like this new mode. But man, the game is no joke. But it's so fun playing with co-op players. It's just where everybody's trying to get onto the same platform. Someone dies, and once again, com- comedy, pure comedy. But when everybody works together, it is such a fun ride. So definitely Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's uh, Fury. If you don't, if you're on the Nintendo Switch, this game must be in your collection. And Ed oh, yeah. is re-embracing the get good <laughs> co-op <laughs> nature of it. You got to have some skills. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, I, I think that's an awesome uh, 3D Mario game. That's actually a lot of fun. I love that yeah. game. For uh, for my last pick, I'm finally going to pick an Xbox exclusive. And uh, I know Halo's been talked about and dumped on and, and whatever. So uh, is it Ryan Turfert? I think maybe that that constantly says Gears is better than Halo. I think that's a Ryan kind of thing to say. If I'm I think it is. Wrong, I think I, I think I'd agree with it. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Ryan has said that before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. I've I, I love Halo, but like Gears has a very special spot for me. So if you want some good online multiplayer story mode versus mode hive, mode. Ho- what like Gears. Get Game Pass, get all the Gears stuff, just Gears, let's go. It is so crunchy, so good. I uh, can't wait to see where they go with the series next. It is just, can uh, for me, even more than Halo, Gears is Xbox. Gears. 
I can agree, I... Mark. Remember when you tried to do High Busters with you, me, and Sean? It went yeah. smoothly, right? Sure. <laughs> and we had an awesome time, though. It's in it Sean and I were playing coat, yeah. couch co-op uh, Gears. That's what made us really tight gamers. And, and we, mm-hmm. it, yeah, Gears is from the ground up co-op, and it has never skipped a couch co-op mode. It is, it is co-op at its core. Yeah. I feel like Gears Five is the best out of the whole series. Yeah, it's it's a good game, and that decision you make in Gears Five. Oh. <sighs> Mark, you finished Gears Five, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So for me, last last one is really, and this is not just a PlayStation. This is a universal co-op game, which I think is what saved a lot of people in the uh, COVID era. It is Jackbox. Jackbox is on Switch. It's on Xbox. It's on PC. It's everywhere. It's a mobile. This is the best thing that people that don't play games can play on everything. And I think it is uh, like chicken soup for the soul if you have a demented sense of humor. I love Jackbox. It brings everybody together. It's so much fun. And it's kept me sane through the COVID times when I could play with friends. We could have a jokey joke. My favorite is the murder mansion uh, mode where I dominate. Just telling you. But I'll play with you. But I dominate. So uh, Jackbox. I love it. And it's up to number eight. And it's affordable. And it's always on sale. Hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Good choices. All yeah, around. so there we go. So co-op, uh, it's it's for everybody. And where whatever console you play on, play with people. That's what we all we ask. Co-op mode, it's always better to play together. That's what we say. So with that, we're done. Thank you for joining us on this marathon. Uh, we took some divergence around the curve and we made it home. So Ed, before we leave, tell people where they can find you. You guys can find me on Twitter at that Co and you on Instagram at that Co. You can find me hosting Nintendo Pop Block on Mondays live on our Twitch Bus Rush Network Live, or you can check us out on BusRush.net for articles, um, videos, and more. With that, and then you can join us on our Discord uh, for Bus Rush Network. Uh, come talk snacks, food, pets, video games, and more. With that, so yeah. Thanks, Ed. It's been a it's been a blast, and this is crazy. It's been seven years. You never been on our podcast, and now it's been completed. Achievement completed. Yeah. So with that, Mark, where can people find you? Well, before people can find me, I want to announce something that was. I, I want to talk about something that was just announced, literally while we're recording. So Phoenix Overdrive is doing a Christmas in July raffle. If you go to uh, their Twitter, which is at PHX underscore overdrive. I'm sure this is on Facebook. It's in our discord as well as theirs. Uh, There's a whole description, but you can win an Oculus or a meta quest. I suppose now Uh, quest Two, 256 gigabyte model, uh, $15 per ticket. And uh, yeah, you can purchase those online. They're fundraising, of course, for Extra Life and uh, raising money for some Children's Miracle Network hospitals. So go check that out. Uh, Todd, you're wearing a very appropriate shirt. I am wearing a button-up shirt, which is not as celebratory for uh, helping kids. But yeah, definitely go to that instead of following me on Twitter and watching my stupid... Well, if they uh, follow you, they'll be able to follow how you can follow... 
this. Well, raffle. there we go. If you if you want to follow me anywhere, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, wherever it is, uh, it's at the underscore Canardian. And I'm on Xbox and Switch as Canardian. Especially if you like uh, corn-based puns on Twitter. And Mark needs to upgrade his uh, dinosaur game. And I showed him how he can do that with a really awesome Tyrannosaurus Rex costume. So there uh, we are. And you can follow me at Tioxtra, all things gaming, at uh, Spartion98 for uh, Xbox and Switch, and Spartion98 1998 on PlayStation if you'd like to game with me, where I rarely do it, but I would gladly game if you request me to join you and be a liability for your party. So there we go, folks. It's been a blast. Ed, awesome. Thank you, as always. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Yes, Ed is an optimist, and we appreciate him. (laughs) Uh, Mark, Mark, you're you're an optimist, but sometimes you can be kind of a little pissy, but we love you, man. You're Canadian, so you've got... a sarcastic uh, optimist. Exactly, and you're from Atlantis, so we appreciate you as well. And I'm from Minnesota, but from Michigan, so I'm a little bit... Yeah, you know, pissy at times as well, but we we have fun in the world of gaming, and that's what we always say. So thanks all for joining us on this destination in the world of gaming. And remember, it's always better to game together. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.